Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Luanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. We know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Hey, everybody. Last week didn't exactly go the way we thought it was going to. (laughs) And yeah, we trust that the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. had a reason for it to go that Mm -hmm. direction. And Luann was trying to remember last week where a scripture in Hebrews. Oh, yeah. Hebrews 13, 4. We got a little bit sidetracked just to summarize what we're doing here. We were focusing on some lies that we feel like have gotten into the church. One of the things that we want to make sure we make clear is that we both believe with all of our hearts that God's ways are always better. Yes. And so we're not coming at this like the two old church ladies of, (laughs) don't do this, don't have any fun. No, it's that we really believe that by speaking truth, even hard truth, Our motivation is God loves us so much, and His ways are full of life and light and hope and freedom and And forgiveness and restoration. And so it's a very, very positive thing, even though we're talking about some very hard issues here. Last week, we got, I'm not going to say stuck because we felt like we were supposed to go there. about how sexual sin has permeated the church Mm -hmm. and and the toll that it takes, not only on individuals, but on church bodies. Yes. Go ahead and share what you... Yeah, I have two scriptures if I can. I always tease about the fact that I know where things are in scripture, but I can never remember the reference. So as we're talking last week, I'm flipping through Hebrews, looking for this thing, and I couldn't (laughs) find it here. It's Hebrews 13, 4. And it says, marriage is to be held in honor amongst all and the marriage bed be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Now, that's where, when we were talking about marriage and sexual sin in the Mm -hmm. church. So that was the scripture that I was looking for everywhere. Then the very beginning of Hebrews, Hebrews 1, and actually in the top, you know how they always give you like headings, Mm -hmm. it says God's final word in his son. So Hebrews 1 here says in verse three, and it's talking about Jesus. And it says, he, Jesus is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. And what I simply wanted to bring up is Jesus came upon the earth to defeat the enemy Mm -hmm. and free us of sin. So when he said it was finished, then it was finished. And he sat down, he said his right here, when he had made purification of sins by his blood, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So Jesus took care of it all. So what we are saying and what we've been talking about when we're talking about sexual sin, it has been taken care of on the cross, atoned for. Mm -hmm. There you go. Why are we still allowing it in the church? That is what we're bringing to the forefront. Why is it still so allowed in so much of the church? And where do we fit in to say, wait a minute, he didn't die for this to be okay. I think I said this last week. I think the root problem is that we don't always believe that sin is destructive, mm-hmm. that sin harms us, yeah. but it does. Mm-hmm. 
And the culture certainly doesn't make it sound that way, especially sexual stuff. They make you feel like you're really missing out if you want to live a pure Or how life. dare you come against it? Yeah. It's a, it's a tough situation and it is between a rock and a hard place, but not really when we are coming through the word of God and what Jesus truly died for. Hebrews 2, 1 says, for this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. Yeah. And another verse that's so almost just like that, the little tiny book of Second John, and there's only 13 verses in it, but verse nine of Second John says, anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. I mean, it's pretty straight up. Yeah. Um, what is that? One John? Second John. Second John. Second John 9. So it's saying that the teachings of Jesus aren't just there to make nice little wall plaques, yeah. <laughs> put the Bible on the coffee table, and we're, yeah. we're good. We have to abide in that teaching, well, sure, which means it, live it out. Yeah. How we think God talks about that can good, be sinful. Right. Hey, so I'm just as guilty as anybody that I know the major speck in my own eye. Mm -hmm. It's just, we're bringing it forth. We want to say, look, we need to do something about this because it's permeating the church. Well, then let's the, move on. The next one that I, <laughs> I have on the list is that there are some churches and some individual Christians who feel like God's word shouldn't be taken literally, mm -hmm. that we can pretty much pick and choose out of the Bible the convenient yeah. <laughs> parts, other parts that aren't uncomfortable, right. I guess. Don't we um, wish that was true, but we know that's not. Yeah. Proverbs 35 says, every word of God proves true. Mm -hmm. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Mm -hmm. And John 17, 17, which we mentioned a couple weeks ago, Jesus said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is true. Yeah, I love that. He was praying to the Father. Really? This is not an episode on apologetics, <laughs> defending the entire integrity of the Bible. But for me, I just believe that God had a hand in organizing the Bible the way he did and picking mm -hmm. the texts that would be included. It is faith. You have to believe by faith that this is God's word. That's right. But I believe it. I oh, just sure. choose to believe it in the books that were left out of it. I don't get bogged down with that. I just believe that his Holy Spirit directed that whole process. And well, you know, I think the scripture also says, sanctify thy word and the truth. Thy word is truth. Yeah, that's the same passage. Yeah. Is I that, think. Was that what you mm -hmm. just said? Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> here, here knowing, at the nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not simply knowing that his word is the truth. And we know the scripture. We've said it a billion times. I've said it last week. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Yeah. And it cuts and it, it does so many things. And so if we say that you can pick and choose, well, then I think also that we have a problem with at times we'll pull out a scripture, but then when you read it in context, yeah. it's not really what it meant. There was one I did the other day. Obviously, I'm not going to remember it right now. It's like, wait a minute. I always said that scripture, but it really doesn't Does work it really very well in, in, yeah. in the context. Well, even the one that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh -huh. I mean, that is true. Sure. It's absolutely. true all by itself. But the context <laughs> of that, that Paul wrote that in was in learning how to be content with a lot or with, with a, little. a little. It was a context of contentment. We like to apply it to everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I can play at Wimbledon. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. In in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Amen. That is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That says it right there. And that the faith part comes in believing that the books that were included in the Bible really are spirit breathed and our God's word. Yes. You can't make somebody believe that, but I believe it and it has stood the test of time. Absolutely. And this is what it also says in Second Timothy. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires Wow! and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work in evangelists, fulfill your ministry. That really sums up the whole thing we're trying to say here. Yes. There's a lot of ear tickling going on. Tons. Look what it said. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the heart of what we're trying to say. Yes. Right there. Right there. there. To be careful. If you're in a church where you really are not being taught the word of God, yes. then you might need to consider making a change. Well, sure. Uh, if, you're, if we're just going after our desires, then that's like the friend who doesn't tell the friend that a bus is about to hit them. Yeah. In Second Timothy also, when we cleanse ourselves from these things, we become a vessel of honor, mm-hmm. fit for the master's use. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Yeah. And that's, again, another hope. Yes, point. that's very much a hope. I, I want to be a vessel that he can yes. use. Yes. Yeah. And we're fit for the master's use and we, we become a vessel of honor. And I believe that's what we're all wanting to do. And I know we want to teach our kids that. I always go back to the youth. We need our college students. We need our young adults to be vessels of honor because they're the ones that are going to stand for their generation and they want to be used. So to be fit for the master's use, then we don't want our own way. That's where we have to start saying, then you know what? Then I can't have my own way if it's going to be down this path that is against the master. A wise older friend of ours used to always say, play the tape all the way to the end. So when you're being tempted to sin in any area. Sure, in anything, uh, yes. Play it all the way to the end. How's this going to affect my life? How is this going to play out? And like you just read there, if I give in to temptation, it's not going to end with me being a vessel of honor. How many right. ministries have been wrecked because people made impulsive decisions to sin? I got one more. Hey, I literally just opened this up. I have it all underlined. Uh-huh. But it's exactly what we're talking mm-hmm. about. So we're, again, it's 2 Timothy. It talks about the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. That's it truly is this battle. And God doesn't want us ensnared. There is life and hope and repentance. Yes. Leading to the knowledge of the truth and that they may come to their sense. 
Here's another one. Yes. That being part of a local church body isn't important, that you can sort of be a lone ranger Christian out there by yourself and and you worship in your bass boat on Sundays or (laughs) whatever. You know, you hear the things. And again, this is not us being the church ladies. It's just the word all throughout the New Testament really emphasizes the the body of Christ. And Paul compares the church to a body and all the different parts of the body are essential for the body Mm -hmm. to function right. Mm -hmm. So you're missing out, but you're also depriving other people Mm -hmm. of the gifts that you have. God wants you somewhere using the gifts that you have. That's right. The next topic that I thought of was about spiritual gifts. So there are Mm. some churches that don't feel like the spiritual gifts that are listed in the Word in 1 Corinthians 12, Mm -hmm. there's a chapter in Romans that talks about the gifts, but there are some churches that teach that those are not important or that some are not important. And yet Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12 verses 4 through 7, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things and all persons, but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. It's all about using our gifts to build up the body of Christ. And I don't see anywhere where it says that certain ones don't count anymore. (laughs) No, obviously it doesn't. Honestly, I don't think I've ever gotten to be a part of a church where I got to see all of the gifts used. And Mm -hmm. it's always been a point of frustration to me. (laughs) But I think a lot of pastors are just afraid it's going to get out of control. And I think Mm -hmm. that there's a big fear, even amongst pastors that love the Lord and know His Word and really believe that the gifts are valid for today, they're still kind of afraid that it's like something's going to go crazy in their church service or something. (laughs) People will be swinging from the chandeliers. (laughs) But it's in the Word, and I want everything that God has for me. I think it's just a false narrative. When you think about it, He's allowing us to have something to give. Mm-hmm. Like He's already planted it within us. So whether it's wisdom, I mean, we can rattle those off. It, it's all those different pieces of the fruit. But the fruit and, and the, the gifts are different, oh, right? Yes. The, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Oh, that's what we're... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah, the yeah, gifts yeah. are okay, things like... Wisdom, miracles, prophecy. Yeah, all okay, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that okay, stuff. So okay. it's a little bit different. Every believer should have all the fruit of the fruit Spirit. Of the Spirit. Because you have the Holy Spirit in joy, your life. Joy, peace, patience, all that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But the gifts, it says, you may not have all of them. Correct. But God has given everybody some of them. That's right. Or one of them. <laughs> yeah, or one of them. Yes, and He use, wants them used. Correct. To build up the, the, body. the church. Yes. I always wonder, too, if we're talking about the church, what's the purpose of building the body? Well, one verse talks about that it's to equip the saints to go out and do the work of the ministry. Okay, there it is. And I think that when we stay out of church and when we don't commit, I'm a church girl. Yes, I definitely am, have always been. My last church I was in for 25 years, 24 Mm -hmm. years, then I moved. And so, and I get it. And your gifts can be tremendously used there. Where I think we got tripped up is COVID. COVID put us at home. When you do miss church for a long period of time, let's say a month, just a month, that's not a long period of time, that's four times. When we get used to anything like that, oh, you know what? I'll just listen online. I'll just, I'll listen tonight when I have a chance because today we're going to go to the beach. Mm -hmm. Not ripping. I'm just saying. I did it. I was in that funk for quite a while. Uh Uh-huh. 
not quite a while, but for a while, because I got used to not going and I'll just watch online. And these are preachers from other cities and other Mm -hmm. States. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I really like that guy. I really like her. I really like him. I really like that. And it was feeding me, but I'm not part of it. I'm not, I'm missing out. You're missing all those conversations before and after church. I'm missing out on fellowship. Yeah. Missing out on fellowship completely. And he wants us to fellowship with one another. So yes. And it's not all about what we get out of church. I really, really try to make myself go with an attitude of God, who are you going to have me minister to today? Sure. You know, Mm -hmm. and that ministry may just be go up and introduce yourself to somebody or just encourage them. I have so many times had people just come up to me out of the blue and just give me a word of encouragement that they have no idea how much I needed to hear that. Yes, It's wonderful that we have all these things online that we can watch, but that's supposed to be just in addition to... Yes, that's in addition. Mm -hmm. Um, We kind of alluded to this last one, that in the end, God will let us into heaven if our good works outweigh the bad. There are lots of people that have been in church their whole lives that believe that. Wow. That it's still going to come down to works. works, Or it's like God has some kind of scale, and if I have enough good deeds. But Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Okay, I was just ready to look that up. But oh, yes, that's yes. perfect. Yeah. Yes. And also along the same lines, the idea of a social gospel. Oh. A lot of churches, their primary focus is to have food banks or soup kitchens or whatever. Those things are great, but those things are not the gospel. Yeah. The gospel is that Jesus died for your sins and the works follow. Ephesians says we're created for good works. Well, yes. And it's not that the good works aren't a good thing. No, they're great. That's what he, he's made us to do good things. Ephesians 2.10. Well, yeah, I, I think. think that's what I'm looking for. So he's made us to do good works. That, it's just that the good works aren't getting us into heaven. No, the good works should flow out of, out of, out of the life of a believer. Yes, yes. But there are churches that believe that that is their primary mission. And it leads to the people having this false sense of, well, I volunteer at the soup kitchen twice a week, so God's going to let me in in the end. Oh, yeah. I'm doing Correct. good stuff. Yeah. The, the gospel has to be the foundation, then the yes. good works come. Come, yes. On top of that. Well, the scripture that came to mind, and I just looked it up, this is the only scripture that ever scared the bejeebers out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's um, Matthew 7, <laughs> verses 21 to 23, I believe it is. I mean, this keeps me in check. And sometimes when I'm really go before the Lord, I said, I'm so sorry if this, and, I, and it makes me repent all the time. If, wow. And it's um, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, mm. will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. But the key there, I think, is the, I never knew you. you. I never knew you. That relationship with Jesus comes first. That's what I'm really trying to say there, that that after you have that, then the good works are going to come. Because you're going to have a heart that wants to help people. That's right. But the good works are not the foundation. No, they're not. Of your salvation. They're not. A lot of churches are misleading their people. Their flock. By making them feel mm-hmm. like that's that's what the church should be about. 
Well, yes, but it should be about we spreading serve. the gospel. Oh, absolutely. And we serve. We want to serve. I yeah. love to serve. Mm-hmm. But again, that's not the key. That doesn't get you into heaven. It just isn't. You, you read that scripture so that no one can boast before the Lord and say, look what I did. Look what I did. Because yep. none of us are going to do that. Not mm-hmm. one of us is going to go into heaven and say, look what I did. I think we're just going to fall flat on our face and cry out to the Lord and say, I can't believe we're here. Well, if no. we really knew what an affront sin is to God, we would understand that only Christ's sacrifice could Yes. be good enough yes. to atone for that. All yes, of our yes. good works, it would be like a minuscule little drop in a bucket. Well, as I understand it, we're giving our crowns that he gives to us for well done, good and faithful yeah. servant. We're giving them back to him anyways, because yeah, they, don't, they don't mean anything to us anyways. Right. Now, Ephesians 2.10 is the verse I was talking about earlier. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Yes. So, you know, again, we're not saying that good works are bad. Right. No, they're not. Yeah, or not important because God has certain things he wants us to do when he thinks he wants to do through us. That's right. But it all starts with the relationship Mm -hmm. and the salvation Mm -hmm. through Christ. All right. Those were the only ones I had. At the end, I think I just want to say that for me, because I've I've been to a lot of different kind of churches just over the course of my life, but as I'm sitting there, sometimes I ask myself, if Jesus walked into this service right now, would he feel comfortable or would he feel like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> because I've been in somewhere I think he would say, how did you get to this? Yeah. You know, from my word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Boy. And I, I did a whole retreat one mm-hmm. time based on a book by a guy named Gary Thomas. And it was all about different styles of worship and how there's a place for all kinds of different things. And our personalities are all different. So some people really like more of a formal liturgical service oh, because yeah. there's a lot of sensory stimulation and It was good because it really did open my eyes and I realized I was being kind of judgmental about Mm -hmm. some Mm -hmm. churches and how they worship. But on the other hand, I know the danger of people getting so caught up in all of the different things going on that you lose the heart of the gospel in it. mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it becomes an end in itself, Mm -hmm. the liturgy. I grew up in a liturgical church where my mind would just totally zone out. Yeah. So I know I'm a little bit triggered by it (laughs) (laughs) to the extreme. And I know some people find it very worshipful, but I always worry about the next generation because if you go to a church like that and you don't teach your kids what the liturgy is really about and all the different things that are going on, that's going to become an end in itself. You just go and then you're good for a week. Yeah. That's how I grew up. That's what I thought. That's how I grew up. So... I think that is a huge lie, and there's a trap there for people if they're not careful. Mm -hmm. Again, I just try to imagine, how would Jesus or Paul, who started so many churches, what were those churches really like? Mm -hmm. Personally, I think they were just kind of straight up, simple. We get together, there's a teaching, there's singing praise songs, there's worshiping God, and I like that simple kind of worship, but I'm not condemning all the other kinds out there as long as your focus is the Word of God Mm -hmm. and Jesus, yeah, worshiping Jesus and having a relationship with Him. So, And 2 Corinthians 11.3 says, Paul was writing this, and he was writing it to the church in Corinth, and he said, but I'm afraid that as a serpent 
deceived Eve by his craftiness, Mm -hmm. your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. There's a simplicity Mm -hmm. and a purity in just loving Jesus, Mm -hmm. and that's where it all begins. And just following. And if we focus on that, and that is our, our goal and our purpose, all these other things will take care of themselves, yes. mm-hmm. you know. Yes, it will. To obey is better than sacrifice, isn't that? And yeah. that Satan's always trying to get it complicated. He just wants and pull it. us away from yep. that central, that central thing. Yep, and cause chaos and just mm-hmm. the whole thing. We hope that this has been a fruitful <laughs> discussion. It's been a little different. We're going to change pace next week and take some time to just go verse by verse through a passage in John that I'm real excited about. So Wonderful. don't worry, we're going <laughs> to quit beating you up for a while. No. And we're going to talk about a, a passage that is full of hope next week. Yes. And you know what? And I think it's <laughs> when you say beat up, I just really think it was needed to be said. There's no condemnation. That's mm-hmm. the, none of this was a condemnation. Look, we're church women. We've walked mm-hmm. through so many different churches. We've walked through life. You've walked through your family. I've mm-hmm. got a big family. Nobody is perfect. We obviously believe that. But at the same time, I believe in these last days, if we keep seeing such destruction in our society, that we need to shore up some stuff. And that's what this is. It's just shoring up the body of Christ and the Church of America. And we, we hope it makes you feel less alone. Sure, you know, sometimes that's you just right. long for somebody to say it out loud. Yeah, yes. <laughs> say the quiet part out and loud. And our hope <laughs> is Christ. Our hope is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. And we base our foundation upon that. Yeah. Do you want to close in prayer? Sure thing. Well, Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we thank you, Lord, for these episodes of truth. Father, we know that there's no way we could cover it all. But we pray that we have brought to the forefront and brought to the surface things that are hidden in darkness so often in the church. We don't want to talk about them. We don't want to bring them to the forefront, maybe because of afraid of losing parishioners, losing people, not being woke, all that kind of crazy stuff. Father, we just ask that we would have a pure heart towards you. We ask that, Father, that we would walk in clarity of the Word of God and walk as you would have us. It is a privilege, Father. We are privileged to be in this time and in this season, you have called us all to be in walking the earth in this season, in this time, to be a light to the darkness and to not compromise your truth. So Father, we just thank you that you would teach each of us in our own corners of the world where to speak life and how to speak life to those that are walking in darkness, even within the church that might be confused or might be hearing one thing when it it truly is not the truth. And may we speak life and may we always speak the truth of your word so that we not get tripped up or tangled or twisted in what the culture is screaming on the other side. So we give you all praise, Father, and we give you glory, and we thank you for your faithfulness over this nation and over this church of America and over our own individual lives. We thank you that you are always working and that you're always moving and that you love us with an unconditional love. And we just give you all praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more truth and hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.